Welcome everyone to the Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I am your host, Greg Tito, and I have a co-host. I am your other host, Trevor Kidd. He is a kid. I, well... No. Well, technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a kid at heart. Yes. Yes. My, my, I probably have the mental capacity of a kid. And you're so. still sick. Yes, I am. I am still sick. I have this plague that I'm getting over. So you get to deal with slightly. I don't even know what this voice is. I want to say sultry, but I, I'm sure this doesn't sound sexy to anybody. No, so, not at all. Um, uh, let's let's just say, you know, plague voice. This is Trevor Plague Voice. <laughs> Trevor Plague Voice. You can follow him on Twitter. At yeah, Trevor Plague Voice. Gonna make another another account. Nice. Be so uh, we're leading up to the release of Curse of Strahd. Yes. Coming very soon, March fifteenth. Go check that out. Uh, we've had lots of uh, 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 amazing stuff happen uh, over the the Twitter sphere. You want to talk a little bit about that, Trevor? Yeah. So if you would like to have your fortune read to you from Madam Ava, go ahead and head to our, our Twitter account, which is uh, wizards underscore D&D. You will find uh, a tweet there at least once a day that has uh, D&D fortune hashtag in it. And you will need to retweet that tweet. Don't quote it. Just retweet it. And uh, Madam Ava will, read your, you read, will draw a card. From the trophy deck and read your fortune from that card. What happens if I air quote it? If you air quote it, then you get screwed. <laughs> no Madam, fortune Ma- for you. Madam, Madam Ava will actually uh, send Lervistani out to. Uh, well, we don't talk about that. Yeah, something happens. <laughs> so there's it's, mists it's, and yes. or wolves involved. You will not like the outcome, so yes. just don't don't air quote things. Okay, good good to know. Air guitar is fine. Oh, I'm gonna air guitar. Air quotes the crap bad. out of this podcast. Yeah. Just, I'm air guitaring right now. No. Yeah, you don't yeah. use air quotes or or scare quotes with the Vistani. They're not <laughs> they're not cool with that. Nice. So, uh, looking forward to that. If you want to know more about Curse of Strahd and the uh, uh, artwork of Curse of Strahd, uh, you can listen to a uh, podcast we had with Chris Perkins and Tracy Hickman, which was really informative. Yes. It was great to be on the line with them and listen to those two minds talk. Uh, and as well, we got to hear from uh, Shauna Narciso and I was Kate. On. Yes. Kate. Kate Irwin, yes. who were uh, uh, talking to us all about the amazing uh, art uh, that went into producing the Curse of Tribe book. It's, the cover is amazing, but once you guys get it and crack it open, you're going to really, really dig what uh, we did with the gothic yeah. horror theme. The, st- the style for that's a different... Uh, they, they took a different bent, obviously, because it's Ravenloft, and it's, it's gorgeous. I'm yeah. a fan. Good stuff. So that'll be coming out soon. So, without further ado... Well, actually, no. There's one more thing. One more ado. One more thing. One more ado. <laughs> one more ado, One more ado to do. <laughs> Uh, if you could, it would be really, really awesome if you head over to iTunes uh, and give us a review and or rating uh, for this podcast. It really helps us get the word out about this cast yes. uh, and uh, gets new guests, gets people really excited about learning more about Dungeons & Dragons mm-hmm. and the role-playing hobby, and uh, it's really awesome. And you can also check out this, yeah. this, this podcast at other places all over uh, uh, where you get podcasts, so uh, uh, you can definitely check that out too. Yeah, you know, just leave comments because it gives me something to read. Because yeah. between you know Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and forums everywhere, I don't have enough to read. So yeah, they need um, more. Yeah, yeah, and more feedback I, and more constructive feedback. Yeah, I know some people let's say don't read the comments, but that's that's not me. I'm like, no, I will always read the comments. Yeah. So please go leave us comments on our podcast again. Let us know what you want to see. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. You know, just be nice about it. Don't be jerks. But you know, give us give us all the feedback. We love it. Sometimes you read comments twice. Uh, only if they're really important or really funny. Or really good. Yeah, they're not always good. Sometimes they're really bad. And I'm like, I got to read that again. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate all of those sure. comments, especially the ones that are heartfelt. And uh, and the uh, ones that make fun of Greg Tito. Yes, those, those are the best <laughs> ones. 
<laughs> I appreciate those too. Uh, so we're going to be talking to some uh, some interesting people who are doing a production of a play called She Kills Monsters yes. at Arizona State University. Uh, and uh, it's a great play, and we'll learn all about it uh, as we as we call up Lance Garavi, the uh, director. So let's get him on the line. On the lines. Beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> we have BB-8 here for oh, us. Oh, man, I wish. Everybody would love me if it was BB-8. Hello? Hello? Hi, how Hello. you guys doing? We're good. How are you? Good. You sound awesome. I am uh, Greg Tito. I'm joined by Trevor Kidd. Hello. Okay, Greg and Trevor. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, uh, this I, is. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to introduce you, but go ahead. You're going to do it. So make it happen. Yeah. Um, I'm Lance Garavi. Hi, and Lance. And I'm Antoinette Martin Hansen. Hi, Antoinette. She has several names. I like that. <laughs> I wish I had several <laughs> names. Her other name is Tilly. Oh, she plays Tilly. Yeah. Yes, she plays uh, Tilly or uh... Tilius the Paladin. Mm, nice. This is a good place for us to start, right? So, let's assume that our listeners right now have no clue what uh, She Kills Monsters is. What What would you tell them? Yes. Roll initiative. <laughs> Great. Uh, she uh, so She Kills Monsters is a play by Ki Nguyen um, uh, that is. The play is uh, a kind of 90s nostalgia play mixed with D&D. It's set, it takes place in, it was written, uh, I think, in 2012. Yeah. 2012, uh, but it was, yeah. uh, It takes place in 1995. Mm, Nice. Uh, So, you know, uh, the 90s have come back uh, uh, today, so it's it's very in. Anyway, set in 1995, (laughs) and uh, the the main character's name is Agnes, and she loses her entire family in a terrible car accident, including her young sister, Tilly, uh, who's like 10 years younger than she is. Fifteen. Yeah, Tilly is is fifteen years old, and uh, Agnes. Well, if we were to be generous, we might describe Agnes as, to use a contemporary term, basic. Come on. Um, she's she's a she's a normal person. Uh, a, <laughs> you muggle. A non a non geek, a non gamer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tilly uh, was. How would you describe Tilly? Basically a in-the-closet lesbian dorky nerd nice. who's in love with D&D. I think that's the best way to describe her. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> a, she's a geek. Uh, she, she loves uh, role-playing games, especially D&D. Uh, but she's dead now. Um, and her sister Agnes finds a module, a homemade module that Tilly made. And in order – she wants to – try to find out something about her deceased sister. So she takes this module, and she's not really sure what it is. She takes it to a game shop and meets uh, this clerk at the game shop named Chuck and convinces Chuck to um, teach her D&D and run this module so she can learn something about her dead sister Tilly through playing this module that Tilly created. And so part of the story of She Kills Monsters takes place in the real world where Agnes lives and is a high school teacher. 
And part of the story takes place in the world of Dungeons and Dragons inside this module that Tilly created. And that's and that's the play. That's a pretty good summation. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what kind of I mean that that's 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 the plot kind of as a, a, a top down kind of view. But what's yeah. so you mentioned uh, you know the loss and 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 Tilly's uh, in the closet status. Uh, right. So, what, what what other kind of themes do you think kind of emerge from from telling the story with the backdrop of D anD D? Um, definitely, there's uh, there's also bullying that's brought up in the play. That's there's actually a whole huge scene about it. Um, it's definitely talking both on shaming in general of different people and different groups on basically how that's not cool. Um, and yeah, I think that's loss. Being in the closet and general shaming. Shaming. Uh, uh, I, I talk about the play, and it's a it's a play about uh, dealing with death and grief and loss uh, through dealing out death <laughs> to lots of monsters. <laughs> so this is how some people uh, cope. I, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, I don't want you to get the impression from all that we're saying. Yes, it's about death and this woman dealing with the loss of her her baby sister and uh, closet lesbianism and stuff. Uh, this is not Samuel Beckett or Chekhov or Shakespeare. <laughs> this is uh, a fun, zany, goofy piece of work. The the but it does at the at the core of it have something very serious. I describe this play as a musical, mm. as a piece of musical theater, but instead of um, the characters uh, every once in a while breaking out into song and dance, in- instead of musical numbers, the characters kill a bunch of people. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. characters <laughs> kill things. Like we're, we're gonna have a dance off. No, we're just gonna kill you. This is this is the killing you stage of, of our of our play. <laughs> right, right, right. Who right. needs music? Yeah. Slaughter them all. There, there are, there's lots of fighting in the show. Yeah, from what from what I've read, there's definitely it's a, a lighthearted with you know like overtones of serious stuff. So, which is yeah, you're you're gonna go, you're gonna laugh, and you're gonna like, oh yeah, that's right, that's, right. Yeah, we shouldn't treat people like that. You're gonna have those moments of like, of like, ha ha, yes, kill the goblin. And like, oh yeah, bullying's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and also bullying. Yeah. Yes, I, I mean, uh, it's it's very. I think Key is is very smart and savvy uh, with the way he deals with these things. It's, it's great fun, uh, lots of irony. Um, uh, the two cheerle- There's two cheerleaders uh, that are characters in the real world, uh, two of Tilly's classmates, uh, but in the module that she creates, uh, they're succubi. <laughs> uh, uh, they're these horrible, evil, demonic creatures that uh, that Tilius the Paladin and, and her party have to fight. So, do you think that's? Uh, I mean, the game, the D and D is like the backdrop. I, I keep saying that because it's like you know, there's it's really yeah. about all these other things. But do you think that yeah. the representation of what D and D players are like in the play ends up being? true to what to what you're experiencing with i actually uh i think it would because there's such a wide variety of people who play it there's people who are more nerdy there's people who are not as and all of them connect through this form there's actually a line in the script 
I have the script right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's toward the end of the play. That Because uh, Agnes ends up asking Tilly, well, in like a ghost spirit sort of thing <laughs> going on. They're not in the world, but they're in the real world. Uh, she asks why they play this game, because mm-hmm. she just met all of Tilly's old friends. And Tilly ends up saying, uh, we play it because it's awesome. It's an adventure and we're saving the world and having magic. It may be in some tiny, small capacity. I guess it might have a little to do with wish fulfillment. Kelly gets to walk again. Lana gets to be super strong. Well, what about you? Well, me, I get the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, uh, one of the characters... Um, uh, that was an uh, that was an awesome line David reading, by the way. I just want to make sure. Uh, say again. I was just gonna say that was an awesome line reading, by the way. I just want to make sure uh, we <laughs> we gave her props. There's a reason I cast her. <laughs> uh, uh, there's other reasons too, which have to do with uh, 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 she's a complete badass. Nice. Did you? I, I, uh, can I tell you a story about her audition? Go for oh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we love stories. Yeah. So so Antoinette walks into uh, the audition, and. Um, you know, she she did a monologue like the other actors do, and uh, she says she wants to do one more thing. So she puts on these metal knee pads, <laughs> uh, uh, pulls out this this boombox, starts playing like loud death metal music, <laughs> and starts throwing herself around the room in these falls and tumbles and 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 uh, turns and everything. She says, "I'm a trained stunt woman." And, uh, and and starts doing thrashing herself around the room, and it was jaw dropping. Nice. I've actually, yeah, I've actually jumped off three story tall buildings and have training to do that. Nice. Wow. So that, you're perfect for this role. That, the second part of the line is very important. She has training to do this. She's <laughs> training. Yeah. I didn't just throw myself off three story tall buildings. Okay, <laughs> <No. laughs> I had training, training to do this. No. Number one thing: safety. Yeah. The safety it's first. Really great. It looks really yeah. cool, but if you can't do it again, then yeah. well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna last. You, you have to be able to repeat the performance. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, though, we should probably mention where you guys are are from and and where you're producing this play. Right. That is important. Yes. Uh, we were at, uh, at Arizona State University, and uh, I'm a, a professor of theater at Arizona State University in the School of Film, Dance, and Theater. Oh, nice. I'm actually a freshman here at ASU, and I'm also in uh, the Herberger Institute for Film, Dance, and Theater, and yeah. Nice. And so- I'm- Originally from South Bend, Indiana. My family's lived out here for a good number of years, and yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Have you have you played D and D before, Antoinette? Yeah, I've been playing D and D and D and D type games since middle school with my family. Oh, nice. That's oh, awesome. That's cool. I have a I have a four year old and a two year old, so I'm 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 waiting to to start playing with them, but it's it's coming soon. Yeah, D and D in my family is not happening. No. <laughs> only, only only child, no kids. So uh, yeah. Uh, DD with my friends. That's how I made a lot of my friends. I hope I hope they end up as badass as you. That would be cool. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so you guys are producing this now. Are you in rehearsals yet? Uh, yes, we are. We've actually we've been, this is our second week of rehearsal, correct? Yeah, we just started our our second week of rehearsal. Nice. And when does the production go up? Uh, March twenty fifth. It runs the weekend of March twenty fifth, and then the following weekend. Cool. So if you're right, where Arizona State is in Phoenix. 
the the campus that we're on is in Tempe, Arizona. Tempe is a suburb of Phoenix. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you guys are in the area, go check that out for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get more into to to about the play and 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 how you guys are are producing it specifically. You mentioned the fight scenes and everything. How is how is the fight choreography going for all that? Oh my god, they're go they're so much fun. It's <laughs> crazy. I've done uh some stage combat and all that before, but this is definitely a whole different experience, whole different level. Um because mostly I was doing high school productions as well as uh community productions with this freaking amazing. Uh, we move so quickly too. Um it's incredible. We've gone through almost half the fights, I want to say. Yeah, we're about um about halfway through uh, getting all the fights choreographed. Um, Antoinette, I should add, uh, is playing a leading role in this show, but she's a freshman, uh, <laughs> which is pretty impressive uh, for a freshman to get a lead in a, in a university production where we also have not just undergraduates in the show, but uh, graduate students. Yeah, I was surprised uh, to hear when she was going through her stuff. It's like, I'm a freshman. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she can. She's a freshman that can do all those throwing herself around the stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we have a fight choreographer named David Barker, who's uh, um, uh, uh, you know licensed uh, fight choreographer. Uh, it's one of the things he does for a living, uh, and he says this is one of the uh, biggest fight shows he's ever choreographed because there are so there's so much fighting in it. Yeah. Uh, for the past two rehearsals, we've been rehearsing what I call the big fight, uh, which is if this were a musical, this would be the one of the big show stopping numbers. Um, the, by this time in the show, the party has formed uh, with Agnes and Tilly. And uh, there's there's three other characters uh, that that are in the party. And uh, uh they say let's, and then they went forth and kicketh ass, um, and so then all of these monsters come on stage, and there's this huge knockdown dragout battle, and we have spent literally the past three rehearsals, probably a total of nine hours so far, uh, working on the choreography, and we're about seventy-five percent done just with this one fight. So, can you tell us a little bit, like what it, what it looks like, what it feels like? <laughs> not to give too much away but it is a giant battle um we've got name the monster we've got it on stage <laughs> ranging from puppetry to actual people dressed up as monsters um yeah. we've got oh god so one of the one of the things we decided fairly early on is um i wanted to go really fan in a fantasy to see direction with the weapons. Mm. Uh, I wanted them to have big, outsized, ludicrous weapons that no one could ever really wield in real life. Um, uh, but instead, but those things are very expensive to forge and make. Yes. Um, and, and especially if you want to make them usable in a in a combat situation. Um, and if you did make them, they would not be very safe and they would be exhausting to use. So I decided, uh, we would create, uh, LARPer weapons, um, uh, 
many of your listeners will know what LARPing is, live yes, yeah, action role playing. And yes, so using um, PVC so the, and foam and duct tape. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, Tilly has this, describe your sword. Oh my God. It's probably about four feet. Yeah, about four feet. Um, it has this really intricate handle bit that has these giant red, like bright red gems, gems, circle, circle thingies. Um, (laughs) it's really, it's really really badass. It's really cool looking. I don't really know how to describe it. (laughs) Uh, uh, the character Lilith, who's, uh, 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 a demon queen. She would probably be, you know, uh, a tiefling. Uh, in in D and D terminology, uh, has this huge battle axe. Um, uh, so so we're using LARPer weapons, which actually makes choreographing the fights a little simpler. Um, because if you're using actual broadswords, you spend a lot of your time uh, uh, painstakingly ensuring the safety of everybody oh, yeah. involved. Yeah, I, um, I, I, uh, uh, be, be, let me just, I was uh, uh, at the University of Connecticut where they did, uh, uh, I think it's like the only puppetry department other than Hawaii, I believe. So It's a great puppetry yeah. department. Yeah, I loved uh, Bart Rockerburton and all the amazing stuff that he did there. And some of the productions we did uh, had similar stuff to what you guys are talking about doing. So I can totally envision... A, the the care and, and effort that's needed to pull off what you guys are talking about, and B, having to do that amazing fight call every night for <laughs> probably going to end up being like 20, 30 minutes of you guys making sure all the, the safety of all of those moves uh, uh, is practiced and ready yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, safety is still a big concern. But we can do a lot of things uh, with these LARPer weapons that we just wouldn't be able to do if oh, we were yeah. using real steel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as Antoinette said, the um, the monsters in the show. Some of the monsters will be actors in, in costume, and some will be puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we've got uh, you know three kobolds. There's a beholder in the show. There's a mind flare. There's a mind flare because nice. there has to be a mind flare. <laughs> um, and, Is that a mask, uh, or uh, are you gonna have real moving tentacles? Uh, there uh, probably not uh, moving tentacles for the mind flare, but we do have uh, a separate monster that we only see like tentacles. It's a very Cthulhu kind of moment where mm. there's all these tentacles come up out from behind a pillar and you don't know what they're attached to. But, nice. uh, um, but something know. gross. No, we're, we're going to have, uh, uh, you know, the moment where the big fight happens, uh, we'll probably kick in some great 90s jam like Mama Said Knock You Out or something like that. Uh, and then there's just going to be a big battle, and the mind flayer is going to come out at some point and mind blast everyone. Um, there's a giant spider. Oh yeah. Um, uh, We've got bug bears. Bug bears. Yeah. If Which you don't have look like bugs or D&D, bears. Right. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you have any favorite D and D beasties, I'm I'm still in um, uh, talks with the costume designer. You have to have an album. So you what? You have to have an owl bear. An owl bear. You know, I thought about that, but an owl bear and a bug bear. <laughs> but they're not similar at all. It's, <laughs> it's like they, they're totally but different. You're right. And they're totally different. Owl bears are are, are, are kind of divisive too. 
They are. Yeah. It's true. You either love we, or hate we, them. You know, want to stay away from controversial topics like owlbears. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't want the owlbear community to, to get upset. Yeah. Getting up in arms. Look, owlbear well, lives matter. That's not what an owlbear <laughs> looks like. I can't believe they totally represented an owlbear that way. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, see. I can see how that could cause problems. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, I'm excited uh, but, uh, to, to. I mean, I, it's always fun to be in that like design stage of figuring out how everything works. But you know, it's it's going to be something when it's all together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen. Uh, we've got about uh, half of the puppets are finished now. The beholder is huge. Oh, it looks God. amazing. Um, you want very intimidating. Oh my God! It's. Oh God! It is a giant. It's about red, five feet yeah, tall. It's about five feet, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of this deep, like almost like it wants to be maroon-ish color, mm, nice. but it's not. It's just gross, fleshy. Like, yeah. Color. <laughs> but, and it's got all these like googly eye arms and this giant green eye. Yep. This sounds perfect. Uh, it's wonderful. It's it's gorgeous. And you want to tell them uh, what the climax of the show is? The, the the very end of the show. What 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 uh, they're fighting? We are well. Agnes fights the Tiamat mm, with five heads. That's going to be interesting to see. Totally want to see that five headed dragon. Can't go wrong with five headed yep. dragon queen. Right. Yeah. Are they going to have five puppeteers doing all five of the, the heads? It's, it's going to take uh, – so the, each of the heads is uh, uh, probably five to six feet long. They're huge. Whoa. Uh, Amazing. So each of the heads is going to take probably two puppeteers to operate. So uh, to, to, to work Tiamat, it's going to be probably – a total of ten puppeteers. That's insane! Wow, wow! I can't wait to see awesome. your production photos from that. You didn't go. You didn't go like the cheesy route and be like miniature T Matt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, she no, does we polymorph at some point. Round about how are we going to represent this? Are we going to use media? Are we going to use miniatures? Are we, <laughs> you know, how are we going to how are we going to do this? And I said, you know, the the stage that we're on is our Galvin Playhouse, and it's a really big stage. And I said. If we're gonna put it on this big stage, let's make a big puppet. So that's what we're that's what we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, it, it's 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 gonna be a amazing production. Uh, but our listeners, as you mentioned, are 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 more into you know the D and D and playing it. What would Absolutely. you? How would you? pitch this to to D&D players both you know in the area but then in general if they want to you know if they have any interest in theater uh, checking this out well I mean how I've told people I know about it is come see it first off I'm in it <laughs> <laughs> first off uh, and second it's a and d show why would you not want to show up and right. then I tell them some of the monsters and they're like that's it I'm sold yeah so. <laughs> uh, that's, where you, know, that's where you got me if there were a D and D movie, wouldn't you want to see that? There is some D and D. Yeah, there, there, there are. But um, it's, it's. There not may a be some new ones. Sell. Say again. Now, there may be some new ones coming out, but yes. Oh. Oh. oh okay. Oh. <laughs> um, 
I now you'll have to you're being a tease. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's public. We we've we've signed a deal with uh, uh, Warner Brothers to 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 uh, basically create a, a new D and D franchise of movies. They're in the middle of of the pre-production, or not even not haven't officially entered pre-production, but like the planning stages okay. of, that, of that. So it's definitely on, on the on the horizon for something amazing and uh, what yes. you know uh, uh, everything you know. It, it's but it's a totally different vein than the theatrical thing that you guys are talking right. about. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's probably going to be more serious than what this Oh yeah, absolutely. What we're doing is in terms of like this is There will be no jokes. 90s there will be no 90s jams in in the movie. Hey, I I I've, right. I've been lobbying to get some CC CNC Music Factory in, in our movie, okay? <laughs> Let's be clear here. CNC, I was just talking to our sound designer uh uh earlier today and there will probably be uh CNC Music Factory. So yes. I, I've got to tell you um, uh, when they fight the succubi, who are cheerleaders, as I've said, yeah. Um, uh, the succubi are too powerful, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they end up uh, challenging the succubi to a dance off. To to the CNC Music Factory song, uh, and some of the music in the dance off will probably be yes, yeah, CNC. Yeah, music nice. Off. I mean, I just figure that in, any kind of music that I mean, so I. I, I grew up like I was in high school in the 90s mm-hmm. so I just figured that, that right. any kind of music that it was at a pep rally in my high school will, will be in this play <laughs> at one point or another uh, yeah but there's also gonna be I mean it's all kinds of 90s so uh, we were just talking about Little Kim or Notorious B.I.G um, and Tilly is a spe- has specific connections to music at least in our interpretation mm-hmm. do you want to oh, yeah. talk about that um, so it has been decided that Tilly is a riot girl. So oh, okay. my theme song is uh, Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill. Nice. Bikini Kill, yeah. Bikini yeah. Kill. Terrible with names. So, <laughs> that so makes yeah. Sense. Uh, so it's not just going to be the pep rally stuff. Uh, this sort of lesbian feminist punk movement called Riot Girl that you know arose in the early 90s um, is part of this scene too. Yeah. Uh, as is grunge and hip hop and all the all the great music from the early to mid '90s. It's very cool that that this play will deal so much with counterculture in general. I mean, it's about not fitting in, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, that's in my experience uh, growing up as a D and D player. That was part of the D and D culture. Yeah. Uh, that that I participated in. Um, I mean, now. Uh, fanboy and fangirl culture, geek culture, if you will, is mainstream. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always that way. Um, and in the early 90s, it, it, it wasn't really that way. And so, yes, you'll have uh, mainstream culture uh, certainly represented in the, in the music and in some of the characters, but also these sort of oddballs like... Tilly and and some of the other characters, Ronnie, who uh, uh, in the D and D world uh, plays Orcus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think that kind of alienation is is definitely part of it, and I think that's another reason that D and D fans will love this, not just because of the uh, of the specific role playing game and fantasy world and D and D aspect of it, but all the parts of that culture uh, that they're going to recognize. 
recognize in their in their own lives are there. I actually think one of the points, though, that we've skipped over with the script is this is not just a story about being an outcast and all that. This is also a story of discovery, especially for Agnes. Yeah, that's true. Because um, basically she goes, like, literally one of the first lines in the play is Agnes saying, right before Tilly and her parents die, may I add, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, what was it? I, I, wish I wish my life my was life, less normal. Yeah, I wish less, my life was less boring. Yeah. And... What happens? Yeah. Her family dies, and then she discovers D and D and how awesome it is. And the end of the play, it's basically stated she spends the rest the rest of her life enjoying D and D with those she loves. Yeah, living a, a, being less normal, Cel- celebrating the life less normal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's pretty cool. Um, so we, we you touched on this a little bit, but. The the play, I mean, and, I, and I've read the play. Uh, it, it's, not, I mean, it's it shows Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but it's not necessarily a, a, a tight representation of of the rules, or <laughs> or yeah, even yeah. you know the the mythology. Uh, you, know, you mentioned uh, one of the players uh, plays Orcus, uh, who ends up becoming kind of a friend and confidant ah, and nice. part, yeah. part of the party, yeah. and is a sarcastic, hilarious uh, uh, character. Buddy Orcus. Uh, yeah. So, do you, did you find that it's that's a good thing in the for the for the play, or did you were at first where you were kind of like, oh man, how am I gonna sell this to my to my D and D buddies back home? Um, personally, how I was looking at it, especially from a character standpoint, every character in the game world is rep, is someone in Tilly's real life. So, by all means, perhaps uh, in Tilly's real life. Uh, Ronnie, that's the actual name. Uh, Ronnie, perhaps he was one of the cool kids that used to kind of like talk crap about her and then suddenly they became friends. So Mm. suddenly this enemy, suddenly something switches around and suddenly is her buddy. And someone she'd never expect to be hanging out with her is now hanging out with her. Because, I mean, how we've described him is he's based in the real world is basically he's a a stoner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Orcus is a stoner in this a, show. That totally makes stoner. So I could definitely see him potentially having some some cred in the high school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Tilly definitely does not have that cred. So he totally rules the undead. He's a stoner. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes a, sense. It's a different uh, uh, take on the wand of Orcus. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The bong but, of Orcus, uh, is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think you're absolutely right. If you if you come to see this show expecting it to be um, uh, religiously cleaved to the the rules of any particular edition, yeah, uh, you're going to be upset <laughs> yeah. uh, because Tilius is a paladin and would never have Orcus, uh, uh, you know, demon prince of the undead, uh, as a member of the party, um, or a she devil as her like top companion. Yeah, a tiefling <laughs> as her lover um, mm-hmm. just wouldn't happen. But uh, so the the playwright definitely takes some artistic liberties with the with the rules. But I think it works in the play uh, uh, as as part of the fun. Number one and two. The adventure is a homemade module. Right. Yeah. And 
so many of the groups I played with uh, growing up and into adulthood uh, would take a lot of liberties with the rules yeah. uh, and, and create their, their own worlds with their own set of, uh, uh, of, of, of rules and guidelines and, and, and cultural norms. Uh, most groups take at least some liberties. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, homebrew and creating your own uh, uh, lore and background and story is also uh, uh, something that's very important, you know, to, to big, the culture of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's a big part of the D&D tradition. And I think uh, uh, gamers who, who come will understand that. Yeah. And right. I, I think also, you know, like, like, you, like you were saying, Antoinette, like having the personality of someone she knew in her life you know, imprinted on what these iconic D and D things will be very clear. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, like, listen, Orcus is a stoner here. He's not. He's not like your typical. Your, you know, you know, uh, uh, demon bad guy. Yeah, demon prince of the dead. He he's a little bit yeah. different than what you might expect. And I think people will rock. <laughs> people will rock that pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's 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 going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, what Orcus likes to do is uh, sit around in the underworld and. Uh, watch '90s TV and eat nachos, and um, you know. He just had to sell my soul. Yeah, he sold Tilly's soul. Oh, well, that that's not too nice. But the rest no. of it, the rest of it, I'm on board with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he traded it to Time At for uh, a TV VCR combo. Oh. Well, I'd forgotten that joke. joke. Yeah. At least, Which, at least he got the TV VCR. That always reminded. Right. <laughs> It always reminded me of that Blues Brothers joke. We're like, we traded it for a microphone. <laughs> oh my god! And you're like, yeah, that's right. He traded it for traded the soul for a TV VCR combo, which was that like the bomb in the '90s, right? For, yeah, for like for like a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. So uh, I I love that you guys are are tackling you know both all the the kind of heavy themes that happen in this play as well as you know a play that's about. Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, in, a, in a school setting, you know, at the Arizona State University. Um, and it's got me thinking about, you know, hey, I was in, you know, in drama when I was in high school and, and, and I did it in, in, in college too. And I think that it would be great if more people had access to, to, to plays like this. So I know this is a Samuel French thing out there. If you're interested in theater, you know, uh, and Dungeons and Dragons, where there's a lot of crossover between theater people and Dungeons and Dragons people. You know, like what advice would you give to people who were, or, or were thinking about producing something like this? Well, I know the uh, first time I saw it, which I, I went back to other times after seeing it the initial time, uh, I actually saw She Kills Monsters done at Brelby Theater last year, which is in downtown Glendale, which is another suburb, like, of, suburb Phoenix. of Phoenix. Uh-huh. I was like, the word, and I'm like, where is that? Um, which they had a small little black box theater that's literally just in the middle of downtown Glendale that's just in like a strip mall sort of thing. And they were capable of doing it. So you don't be scared by the fact you might have a small stage. It's the message and how you portray it. You can make anything happen anywhere. Theater is everywhere. Yeah, you do not need a big budget and a fancy uh, setup and crew to do this play. Uh, I think really the most important thing to do if you want to stage or produce She Kills Monsters is have fun with it. Mm. Uh, uh, Just be creative and make it fun. 
Uh, if you don't have a lot of resources, find simple creative solutions to it. Uh, you know, if you need the uh, to represent a five-headed dragon, make sock puppets. Do whatever. <laughs> like seriously, because it doesn't. You're not making uh, uh, you know uh, a super uh, you know hundred million dollar superhero movie, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no reason to 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 try to fool people like that. It's a theater. It's all make-believe anyway. When we play Dungeons and Dragons, we play with uh, pencils and paper and maybe some, you know, miniatures and a few other little pieces. The imagination is what makes it exciting. The camaraderie of being there with your friends and and having a great time. And And sitting there and just... Sometimes doing really stupid shit. <laughs> I know a person literally just headbutted a horse and like knocked over the entire armada, and I'm like, what? How did this happen? And now they have a reputation against horses. Yeah, just bring your love of gaming and your love of theater and your creativity and your willingness to have a good time to it, and 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 you'll show your audience is a good time. Nice, and that you know you're kind of underlining the whole theater of the mind style of uh, of of Dungeons of playing Dungeons and Dragons that you know exactly doesn't use any of of the accoutrements to create that shared storytelling. It's uh, it's, right. it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys get to, last question before uh, I let you guys go? Uh, do you guys have you gotten the cast together to to play uh, an actual session of Dungeons and Dragons? Actually, talking about that, um, these. Uh, he's the uh, Andre is the assistant, um, stage, assistant manager. stage manager. He and I are actually in cahoots to set up our own little game, nice. or several games, depending on how many people are interested. Because there's like 20 people in the cast. Yeah. yeah, so we might have to break down into smaller groups because um, I, I don't feel like running that large of a game. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll probably end up doing that on either Saturday or Sunday nights, probably over at the library. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would say. Uh, over half of the cast has never played D&D before. Yeah, that um, needs to change. So there, uh, we have uh, a, a private Facebook page called the Nat 20 Tavern. Um, and uh, uh, one of the things our assistant stage manager has done is posted a list of, uh, D- of, of gamer and D&D terms so that all the noobs in the cast can understand what we're talking about during rehearsals. Yeah. Uh, nice. but, but that's definitely on the, on the agenda uh, to have uh, one or hopefully several yeah. uh, gaming nights. Yeah. That seems like a, a, a pretty standard research there. You guys need it. Need it. It's a, it's a must have. We'll probably watch some uh, some fun movies too, like uh, uh, Holy Grail. Oh my god! I have the 40th edition. Oh my gosh! The 40th <laughs> they are selling it at Costco, and it has actual rubber miniature animals and a catapult. So I've just been like flinging it all over That's my awesome. apartment. It's ridiculous. So those those are know, the the two groups. The standard D and D culture movies. We'll maybe try to. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, holy holy. Uh, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is that movie that is quoted most in 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 theater. Classes and theater people love that, and as well D and D people. Those are the, that is the movie that will bring you together. I'm sure. It's confluence right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. Awesome. All right, great. Well, I can't wait to uh, uh, you know hear more about your opening on on March 25th. And hey, uh, we will send you some pictures too. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Also, send us pictures of you guys playing some D and D when you get around to that. Yeah, dude, that's yes. a great idea too. We'll share, we'll share those too. We but, yeah. totally will. 
Lance and Antoinette, it was awesome having you guys on the show and, and hearing about hearing about uh, She Kills Monsters. It was pretty cool. I am more convinced now that I want to go see it, which I probably can't because you know it's in Arizona. But it's in Arizona. But if, if you are, in, I, I if you are, I can hook you up with tickets. <laughs> Plane tickets. Let's see. Let's see if Nathan will fly us out there. Also, the weather here is awesome. Oh, it, yeah. I bet it rains a lot less there than it does here in yeah, Seattle. That's what I hear. <laughs> yes. That's what I hear. <laughs> yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, uh, uh, for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, good luck on the on the rest of the rehearsals and the production. Thanks. Thank you, Greg and Trevor. Appreciate it. You guys Thanks are awesome. All right. No problem. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. She kills monsters. Yeah. She does. She kills lots of monsters, apparently, is what it sounds like. A yeah. whole ton of monsters. And she has some of his friends. So, uh Yeah. Which I, 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 I get what you're saying. We're definitely, anytime we make a product, right, video game, whatever, it's like, well, how closely does it stick to the D&D rules? It's like, well, not at all. Right. Let's just be clear here. It's a different if, thing. It's if a you're different go, animal. If, you wanna, if you're excited about this play, which you should be, don't be like, well, I'm sorry, but that's not what happens when you roll a D20. Right. It's like, just stop that. With any adaptation, you know, you have to, to, to change things a little bit around. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they do it a little bit, and uh, it makes it for a more entertaining and, and you know, hopefully, a really good production. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. Like the the level of detail they're putting into you know the puppetry stuff sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. Greg and I have been talking about puppetry earlier. In the yeah, because because of your experience. I know. Uh, so. It was funny. I mentioned. I, I just happened to mention that I my school had a puppetry department, and I was like, "Oh yeah. right, maybe it was because we were going to have this conversation." I got to see. I got to see uh, Greg during this podcast fly his his drama nerd flag a little bit, which was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Man, I miss those days. I think I'm like one of the few people who's on the podcast who hasn't done drama. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you and Shelly are both drama people, and I'm like, nope. I like I did crew stuff every once in a while, but that counts. Yeah, like I started out as crew. I mean, I did mostly all crew in high school. Oh and, man, and all you all you people who actually did stuff intimidated the hell out of me. That's like I can't get on stage and talk to people. That's scary. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, but you still need people, you know, handing off props and yeah. building the sets. Like that's way more important. Yeah, mostly that was just hanging out with friends who did that, and, and I'm also, like, sure, I'll be backstage. The techies have more fun. That's what I hear. They do. That's what I hear. It's good times. You guys are all stressed up there on stage. Yeah, I know. We're doing bad things backstage. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Listen. Don't do that at home, kids. Only backstage. All right. Thank you guys <laughs> <laughs> so much uh, for listening to our crazy rambling uh, banter that, that Trevor and I love yes, to do. Yes, and I'll, as always, go ahead and uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and anywhere else you can find it. And then leave us leave us your comments in the comments. Yes, and if you want to talk to us directly, I am at Greg Tito on Twitter. And I am at Trevor underscore Watsy, and you can reach, you know, all of us on the Wizards underscore D&D. On yes, as well. and Madam Ava is still uh, uh, giving her fortunes out, so please go ahead and retweet some of her amazing prognostications, and you will uh, uh, receive one of your own. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be happy and nice, and everything will be good. There won't be dead things no. and or ghouls no. and or werewolves. I mean, Ravenloft's a place of rainbows and marshmallows and <laughs> fairies. <laughs> That's why it's it's a cursed Strahd-like yes. place. Yes. Awesome. I've just confused everybody who has no clue what Ravenloft is. It's <laughs> well, if you don't, you'll find out soon. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Yep, yep. Bye. Bye.